Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Utah. Part of the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Providing unbiased opinions to all things Utah football and basketball. Welcome to the Utah podcast. This is Grant Bagby, as always, joined by... Joseph Solerswag. Hi, everyone. So we finally got Joseph on a hibernation here and got him on the well, podcast. I'm not hibernating. I'm, I'm rearing my offspring. It's, it's intense. It is, it is an intense thing. Hopefully we can get in studio together here soon, but uh, another phone call episode. But uh, nonetheless, we've got some good stuff coming up for you. As always, we will go through our quick hitters. Um, there's obviously been some uh, basketball starting up, so we got some a little bit of basketball talk, uh, and then we'll get into what everyone really wants to hear is uh, Joseph's love of Ahmad Shine's biceps. So we'll get into the football. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's it's a real step down in the biceps department. He's a great running back, but the cat and balls for shoulders are missed. <laughs> I knew I knew you were you were very sad as much as the Utes won on last Saturday. I was pretty sure you were a little devastated as you didn't get to admire any of Zach Moss's muscles running over people. But nonetheless, no, no. And, you, and you know what? So so was everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I was fine. Win, win's a win. Uh, whether it's Zach Moss running or someone else, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, nonetheless, let's um, let's get to it. Uh, first of all, you know we gotta we gotta give a shout out. We try to support our youths out there that are trying to produce a good um, you know business product for people. And Ute Daddy is out there as usual working on his lawn process. And in case you did in case you didn't know, step. Hold on, let me, let me get this right. Step six, which is your winter lawn care. It's time for step six in the lawn process. So uh, he's posted the video. Uh, he does videos for it. You can follow. He, I believe the process 3.0 is out in the public, so you can follow it there or reach out to you, Daddy. Either way, just wanted to throw him some love. i got to watch the video and get working on step six, my, six yep. myself. I've got to rake the leaves off my backyard. i got the front tub. I've got to do the back. I have a big backyard, and then there's a lot of leaves. Yes. And the, the worst thing with, with raking is you rake. And then there's always one tree who's like, oh, what? Is it December yet? I usually drop my leaves in January. I'm fine. And you have to wait for this. In my case, it's this willow tree in my backyard. It's not going to drop its leaves. They're not even yellow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend six hours this weekend cleaning up my backyard. And there's a willow tree. It's like, oh, fall, right. All the leaves are going to come down. do all of it. So uh, what this, can you do? This is where you invest in a what is called a blower, a, a leaf blower, you know. Oh, I like raking. I like being out there in the, in the brisk fall air and raking. All right. Well, nonetheless, get ready for step six, everybody. 
so let's get into our quick hitters. Um, so the schedule uh, right now, uh, unfortunately, uh, last night the volleyball team took a loss to number 16, Oregon. Um, and so that was a little unfortunate. But uh, we've got a lot of swimming and diving coming up. Apparently the youths are at the Missouri Diving Invitational. And it is like an all-week event. I did not know this, but nonetheless. Uh, men's basketball, Mississippi Valley State, coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at the Huntsman Center. So uh, feel free to cheer on the, the running Utes. Uh, cross Country is in the Nash, the NCAA Championships. I'm not sure who's there representing the Utes, honestly, but uh, that's on the schedule. Women's basketball is coming up with Long Beach State. Volleyball against Oregon State. Um, and that's kind of like this weekend in review, I guess. Oh, ex- oh, wait, there's something else going on. Football game, of course, against Colorado, and you'll get plenty more. Is there, is there anything at stake in that football game, or is it just kind of throw away like next week? No, there's something. I, I, I've heard there's something at stake at this in this game. Oh, all but, right, all right. Worth watching. Okay. Yeah, we should watch it. Uh, so – uh, another big news story that we need to hit on is uh, apparently they're going to expand Rice Eccles Stadium. What do you think, Joseph? Yeah. I, you know, I love it. I, <laughs> predictably, you know, 30 seconds after the news dropped, you had the, the sour, sour grapes got her if you can. And, uh, disappointed in it. I think they wish there were more seats, and I understand that. It's not the It's not the – Ticket saver that so many U fans hoped it would be, but it's really cool. New locker rooms, new concessions, a lot of luxury stuff. I think the the Utes are really looking way down the road. They're looking at the national trend of decreasing um, turnout to to football games, and they want to make sure that the stadium is still packed and still fun, and also still profitable as you start whittling that down you're going to wind up wanting to target a more kind of upscale market for your for your for your football fans in stadium football fans uh, and so i think they're i think they're being smart but i do understand the fan frustration uh, and excited for new locker rooms because our locker rooms are are gross and terrible and to be fixed well yeah that that south end zone building's been around since what the 80s or something like that or earlier so it's yeah, it's, it's needed really a refresher. Bad. I think they're I think they're pre I think the ones in the South End are pre when it was named Rice Echo. I think they're they're old. They're terrible. Oh yeah, um, no. The thing is with me though is like this is the problem I have with the Utes is I went to the U uh, starting in 07 through eleven and went and got we had must seats. Me and Jessica go all the time. And we fell in love with the Utes. Here I am. We're doing a podcast about them. Like I follow, I follow the Utes. But uh, now that I've graduated, the ticket prices, even for standing room, are so expensive. I choose not to buy tickets. A big, a big reason why I write for Rivals is because I get a press pass and I get to go to a couple games here because there is, you know, I'm an attorney. Uh, my wife doesn't work, but I'm a pretty good buddy, and I can't afford to go to the game unless I don't want to take a vacation. And um, so that is frustrating. And I wish that they, I, I wish that they found a way to to bring in fans. I don't know if you if you want to do raffles or drawings or more giveaways or or rewards or things like that. If they don't feel like they can bring the prices down, but um, it, it is frustrating. And the, the biggest thing with a Pac-12. Um, 
change has been the, the ticket prices. And you're looking at there are some games we did six hundred dollars to get in for the for the big you know, big home games, and uh, it's frustrating. So I, 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 like I said, I understand the fan frustration. I don't think it's a fan service expansion the way that a lot of people were hoping for, but I think it's the right business move and a, and a smart smart decision making on the part of the program, even though. Right, frustrating for everyday fans. No, and and you're spot on. It's a business decision. They expanded it in such a way that will allow them to get more money and make more money on the game on a game by game basis. Um, the interesting thing is, I wonder how the drawouts are. How like the USOC because you know Salt Lake's trying to get impress them to get another Winter Olympics games here. In Salt Lake City, I imagine they would use rice heckles again. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what maybe their thoughts were because they didn't add a ton of seats. But nonetheless, uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> there's, I mean, I just don't know that there's much more to say. Uh, another quick yeah. hitter um, is the Utes. I, I mean, you know, maybe this is more your Joseph. Joseph your, I, I'm wondering, the winged helmets, the hand-painted helmets, do, the, do those matter? Do they matter to recruits at all or the players? Yes, they absolutely do. Um, and I think that, like, it's an arms race, right? So so it used to be that Oregon had six uniforms. I was like, oh, my gosh, and look, they, you know, they look like, you know, robots or something because they've got neon lines on them. And now everybody's doing stuff like that all the time. And so you've got to, like, figure out how to be unique. It's time to go retro like they used to have done. And sometimes you do other things, but these hand-painted helmets are so cool, and Utah's the only the only team doing them. I think everybody else feels like it would be a copycat at this point. Um, last year, give them a mulligan on the balloon hands. That was a little weird, but the, the drum and feather helmet and these winged helmets are just just spectacular, and then you auction them off for a bunch of money, and you, you donate that to various causes and things like that. And so there's a lot of charity benefit for it. And the kids, the kids love it. Uh, you can tell they love it. They're wearing them again this week, um, and I, I do think it matters. I think it has a real impact on um, on the players, and I think it has a real impact on on recruits. Yeah, I know. If I were a recruit. I mean, I'd be pretty stoked about the Utah, like the helmets, the, all that, diff, all the different Utah variations. Co- combinations for, for a for a unique. And the Utes don't do this as much as some of the other schools. I was so so really hoping to get a unique, you proud uniform. Right now, they've got their mountain sleeves, and then they've got their uh, their retro ones that they wear stripes. a couple times a year. Mountain sleeves I, are gone. Yeah, the stripes, and 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 I that's right, and I'd like the. Uh, I'd like them to do a Ute Proud uniform because right now they just throw some decals on the helmets. Um, so I'd like the uniforms to be special. And if you could combine that with a with sort of a tasteful, that beautiful hand painted helmet that's respectful of the, the culture, I think that would be a real knockout uh, moment for the Utes. And they should keep doing it. It's, it's exciting and it's fun. I mean, I don't care about uniforms. You know, I, I have never cared about uniforms, but I get I get excited for the hand painted helmets and a couple of other things. And so my, my kind of rubric for that is if they can get me interested in in how they look, they're probably doing a pretty good job. Yeah, no. It, I'm all for it personally. I don't know what the hate is on 
Twitter. I guess I don't understand it, but maybe someone can email us and tell us why the wing or the hand-painted helmets or why, um, you know, giving an homage to Swoop and the Red Tail Hawk is a bad thing. But um, so how how big was recruiting? I mean, I guess how's recruiting going right now, Joseph, as far as in a quick hitter standpoint, visits or anything along those lines? I think it's going pretty well. Um, the youths are really playing for next year uh, in recruiting. And you can tell they're, they're using a lot of scholarships on game-ready offensive linemen, which is going to be a thin area. They are big into, oh gosh, I can't remember the name, but uh, it's a Penn State linebacker who's doing a graduate transfer. Um, they think they've got the inside track on that player. Uh, he's, a, he's an All-American caliber linebacker, and they're trying to fill that uh, that, that depth issue that's going to happen when Chase Hansen and Cody Barton both leave because they're both probably NFL bound. Um, you know, so it's going to be a lot of there's a lot of talent behind them, but you, you you just have to have absolutely everything possible because that's the weak point. And if the youths can fill that weak point, uh, you know, you're looking at a at a Pac-12 championship playoff contender team next year. Um, so they're they're all in on it. Um, and then of course the other area they're focused on is quarterback. Uh, still working on um, Jaden Daniels, still hoping to get him. I personally find it alarming that he hasn't committed yet, but he's also said that he's not committing because he wants to draw attention to his, <coughs> excuse me, to his seven on seventeen uh, and some other players. So low profiles, he wants to keep having press there and things like that to see them. And if that's the case, that's really cool. But he's still taking official official visits. He did an official visit to ASU last week, and I always get nervous when a player um, isn't as public about their support as you, you think. Uh, so, so we'll just we'll just see. Uh, the good news is Utah picked up a great quarterback recruit last week, and Jason Shelley, who it turns out is a quarterback and is a really good quarterback. Um, so there's a lot less worry about depth at quarterback than there was two weeks ago when Jason Shelley was you know missing passes and getting sacked against ASU. Yeah, amazing what a week's worth of reps and game prep can do for a quarterback. Yeah, just being the number one guy and, and knowing that it's you and Troy Taylor going, hmm, okay, so not as good as a deep ball, maybe not as escapable, but he's got this and this and this. How are we going to do that? Uh, you know, I think they still need to work on the red zone a little bit. We saw that in the game with uh, too many too many red zone field goals. Um, yeah, yeah give, hold but, on. Hold on to your game analysis. I can see it here on the left side. But yeah, I think recruiting is headed in the right direction. They're headed for another, uh, you know, mid twenties kind kind of season, I think, and that's uh, that's exactly where Jesus is supposed to be. It's a, it's a great spot for him. Uh, it's very competitive with other teams with a similar brand. Um, the big the big thing that will change their recruiting is that they can win the Pac-12, um, not the division, which recruits don't seem to care about, but winning Pac-12 would make a difference to recruits. Yeah, fingers crossed on that. Um, speaking of which, is our our nice little tradition now is hey hashtag firewit right because you know firewit, the man. offense continues to score points apparently. Um, but no, and honestly, he, if you're new to the show, the quarterback, he let the quarterback get injured, fire him. Yeah, he had to, if, <laughs> if you're, you want your head coach to dive out in front of a blow to the quarterback and take it, and that didn't happen. 
Well, dang it, Joseph. But, I mean, ultimately, if you're new to the show, we, we joke – the Utes have been on quite a run, regardless of the hey, ASU it's working, loss. Man. It's Ever working, since we talked about it. it, yep. So hashtag Firewit will roll on. Uh, all right, so let's get into some actual uh, sports analysis here or opinions. Uh, first things first, basketball is now in session. If you didn't know, yeah, we're what two, three games in. I think we had an exhibition and then two, uh, two real games. Yeah, we've got two uh, two world games. The Utes are one and one. We got a win against um, Maine, I believe it was, and now we've got a loss to Minnesota. And our next game, I believe, off the top of my head, Mississippi Valley State. I just said it earlier. That's what am right. I talking about? Yeah, and not so, Mississippi State. Mississippi Valley, Valley State is yes. an important <laughs> important valley. It is an important different kind of differenti- differentiation. Uh, but nonetheless, we're sticking with the M teams, apparently. But um, so I don't know. It, it's interesting having. I mean, we're two games in, right? Let's talk. Let's give everyone the warning: small sample size. Okay, first yes, of all, very small. So also, we don't know the quality of the teams they've played. I mean, Maine. It, yeah. I'm sorry, we're not going to gauge like they beat Maine. Woohoo! High expectations. They lost to Minnesota. Um, I'm not going to go. Oh my gosh, the the floor has fallen out. They're going to be horrible. You know, and they didn't lose badly. They, I mean, people kept thinking they were going to get blown out, but they hung in there. Um, I know a lot of fans haven't had a chance to watch the Minnesota game because it's Big Ten Network, um, and I think that may be true for you and I, Grant. Uh, but I, I've seen enough of it to know that the the talent on the team is real. It's really excited. Uh, they're definitely very, very young. You can tell they're young throughout. I think particularly when you see the fall off in the second half, you see that all three games. Um, and they're going to have to figure that out. And I think that has something to do with use. Um, I don't know what this team is until Cedric Fairfield starts playing well. He's a good basketball player. He's going to figure it out. He's going to start playing well. Um, Right now, he's not. But once that starts happening, I feel like the rest of the team is going to be in a different place. Um, and then the other the other kind of revelation is, is that Hendricks kid, uh, I think he's a redshirt freshman, yeah. playing really, really well, earning a lot of playing time. Um, one of the only, I think he was the only player with a, one of the only players with a decent plus minus against Minnesota. Um, so expect to see more of him. Expect to see him start to squeeze out. Yeah, the the thing to remember is uh Hendrick is um oh gosh, what was his name last year? It was De- Devonte De- Detruve. Is that what Oh, it was? okay, so it's Dutrieve. Yeah. Dutrieve, yes. And so he And kind, now he's Hendrick. He Hendrick. kind of pulled he pulled what um Jace Johnson did and he came in and you know, he was with the team, practiced with the team, but red shirted last year. He was there with half the season. And and now he's here. So I guess I'm not incredibly surprised that he's in and contributing. I mean, he's got a year in the system. If you look at the people who are contributing over two games in our very small sample size, our top two players are Vonta Hendricks and Donnie Tillman, right? And then your other top minute getter and scorer is Cedric Bearfield. Now, he's not the most efficient player right now. Um, I, like however, I, I think that's going to come. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Small sample size, right? Vontae Hendrick, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I think he's got a good role coming off the bench. 
um, I'm intrigued. But if you look at this team, there's just so many new faces and freshmen versus a transfer senior in Novak Topolovic. Um, I probably butchered that last name. Sorry, Novak. Um, but when you got those these new players coming in, and then you got Jace Johnson coming back from an injury, he hasn't really played all that much, and you could tell he's a little rusty, needs to get back up there. And other players, I think you're going to see Timmy Allen, who's been starting. He'll take, he'll get better as well. So, like, I'm not worried. I guess I think there's more reason to be hopeful and excited about this team than to be dogging it. Like I said, small sample yeah. size. Yeah. We'll see. Fairfield's going to play better. All these guys are going to develop really some chemistry. I, I hope you're right. It would just make our strength of schedule look better and better, which will be yeah. more important when it's time for tournament oh, yeah, it was, time. It was, a bad, it was a bad week for the conference. I think there were six out of conference games against good teams, but it, the Pac-12 lost all of them. Uh, so that was that was frustrating, I think, but it, it didn't really matter too much. Um, but yeah, I would say cautiously optimistic, although we were we were really gung-ho in, in terms of expectations in the preseason here, and I think I've ratcheted my expectations down. Um, you know, this team is going to take a while to gel. Yeah, I... and are not going to not going to put together a sterling record this year. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they get into Pac-12 play and win a lot of games because they've had time to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I still expect them to finish in the top half. Um, I'm not changing that expectation. Uh, I mean, look, they've got some games coming up that they can build some more chemistry, get into a, a groove before they hit games like uh, the rivalry game against BYU. Then they're in Rupp Arena against Kentucky. Uh, and then they take a couple light games, and then they're playing Nevada, um, who is ranked sixth, um, and then it, then the Pac-12 slate starts. So, you know, I feel like these next few games are important, not just because we need a, we want to win them, they're weaker out-of-conference games, but it's important for this team in regards to establishing some chemistry, getting players comfortable with the system, learning what they need to do to stay on the floor, things like that. It's just, you know, it's a learning game. we got a bunch of freshmen, trans- a transfer who's starting at center right now, and just stuff like that, that it's just there's a learning period. You can only learn but so much in practice, and one ex- exhibition game and whatnot is not going to fix things in a game time situation either. So we'll see. Uh, nonetheless, there's this thing that you wanted to talk about earlier and worth, uh, and I think it's worth talking about, and that's the football team. So, you think the football team, you want to spend just like a few minutes to touch on the, the eight and three University of Utah Utes? Yeah, and how much of a failure oh, of a season it's been? Yes. Whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Did you just already count the Colorado game as a win, or did you no, already count the BYU the Col- game I as a win? I was counting the Colorado game, I was counting the. the Cupcake at the end of the season. <laughs> okay. So, nonetheless, I've been fine form this year. I've been waiting all year for, for a little sex. I'm uh, <laughs> going All right. So, Utah played Oregon last week um, and came out with a win. And, like you were saying, Shelly looked pretty good. Shine looked good. That was no surprise. Um, the offense scored points. You know what else? I loved about that game was it was the it was exactly the kind of game 
that happens when they blow it, right, with a block punt, and then the touchdown. And you're like, okay, here we go. Now there's going to be a couple of three and outs, and it's just going to be one of those games where the offense shuts down, and it didn't happen. And you thought with a backup running back, a backup quarterback, there's no way they're going to be able to make this work. And they not only got the points back, got more points. I mean, they, they dominated after that moment and won, won the rest of the game 10 nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, they they were competing. I mean, look, that offense was moving for some reason, just kind of couldn't punch it in. I would, I would give a lot of credit to the offensive line um, on those last two drives. Watch that throw to Jalen Dixon. Hey, Shelley was in a, in a, you know, a hammock back there. He had all day. Uh, and you can't give you can't give Jalen Dixon more than a couple of seconds, or he's going to get wide open. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And then with Shine, it was just big, huge holes. Uh, fast. I think Shine's probably faster than Moss. Um, and so if he if he's getting big holes, and the other thing about one of the things that makes Moss a great running back is he's very patient. If he doesn't get the hole that the play is designed to to give him, to find their way um, into the into the defensive backfield. Shine is just a one guy dive into the line kind of running back. Um, but if the if the offensive line is working, I mean, it also means that he's very instinctive uh, and harder to stop because he's there sooner. He's not because he's not as patient. He doesn't have that half beat where he's waiting for if it's going to be a good hole or not. Um, and I think that that really plays to the advantage of the offensive line playing so well in the in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, that offensive line was great. The problem is, is how much more of a blowout is that if they didn't give Matt Gay all those field goals? Definitely, and I, I think so. So when I when I was calculating, I don't usually account for injuries when I do my math um, because I can't account for injuries for every single team. It's so hard to do, and then, like it's just it's just nobody nobody's paying me. You're not, you know, I, go, I don't get paid enough to, to spend all day figuring out how much injuries are worth. And I decided to do it for this because they were so big. I took uh, I took four points off for the the Huntley to Shelley transition, and I took two points off for Moss to Shine. Right? Does that make sense? So I said the offense will score six points less on average than they would have, and I feel pretty good about that Huntley number. I, I think that had Huntley been under center in the red zone, they would have scored at least one, if not two more touchdowns. He's a, he's a better passer in the red zone because he throws so much harder. I think he can throw into tighter windows and um, more sophisticated coverages and just is a little bit more experienced than the offense that I think would have made better decisions than Shelley did. Although props to Shelley for throwing the ball away and maintaining possession and allowing all those field goals to get kicked, not getting sacked. I mean, he, he had a great, great game, and I don't mean to, to to knock on how well he performed. But I think four points was about right. I think Tyler Hartley, um, that was about right. With, with Shine, though, I didn't see any drop-offs at all. I don't think there's any reason to expect Zach Moss to have a better game than the, than the was 157 yards that Shine got. I do not hold on. I can that, that. that total. That might have been. That might have been total rushing. But anyway, Shine had a great game. The kind of game you would have expected. Shine had 174 yards, averaging about 6.7 a play. Man, he's good. Man, the youths are just loaded. Well, that offensive line helps a ton. I mean, that last drive uh-huh. was all offensive line and Shine 
making that happen, allowing the field goal to then go up seven, go up seven. I mean, you're right, right? Give Shelley some great credit for um, not uh, costing the Utes that game at all. I mean, ultimately, like I'm looking at numbers right now, and you know, Jason Shelley threw 58% completion percentage, right? Tyler Huntley this season is at about 60. Shoot, what was 364. it? 64. 64%, right? Yeah, so and, I don't know and I think that's exactly off. the difference. One, one or two more passes completed, probably one of those for a touchdown in the in the red zone. But but that's, I mean, that's not the, for, a, for a backup quarterback and an unheralded backup quarterback, a backup quarterback who I've been saying for years, well, he's probably going to play wide receiver or safety by the time he gets on the field. For him to do that, I think, is a real credit to him and a real credit to Troy Taylor for calling a game that Shelley could win in and for, for teaching a player who everybody thought was destined to be a wide receiver 16 months ago to be a Pac-12 quality starting quarterback. And that's, uh, that's a, a, a coaching feat as well as, a, as well as performance feat for Jason. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that's fun to point out with that or with the Oregon game was the uh, adjustment that was made on the defensive side to move um, Jalen Johnson um, over. I'm blanking out on his name. Who was it? Shit, I don't know. Oh gosh, I can't remember. That that really first off wide receiver. I don't know that. Um, yeah, and he was he had so if you rewatch the game, you'll see he had um, the youths were just playing a Simon Paul. On this, on this one wide receiver, he was one of the two deep touchdowns. Um, Mitchell and right. yeah, Mitchell and he, he beat he beat Julian Blackman on, on both of them. Blackman's Blackman was supposed to be the, the class of the secondary, and he's not. Uh, well, at least I would say he's having a good season. He's not having as great of a season as we thought he would. Um, but he was uh, he was getting beat, and so they just said, "All right, Jalen, you are on him." 100% of the time. So Jalen would move across the field and follow Mitchell around. And the, um, the, the final drive, mm-hmm. first down, second down, third down, and fourth down were all Jalen Johnson versus Mitchell with, uh, with Jalen Johnson coming away with the, with the victory. All four of those downs is, uh, he's, Personally responsible for the Utes victory in, in a lot of ways, uh, particularly on that final drive when Oregon was down seven. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Jalen's awesome. Uh, there's, I think, I would imagine nobody doubts that. Um, I'm just, was it? This is his sophomore year, so we got one more year until he can go pro. So yes. we need definitely, to enjoy that one. Definitely, more year. with Jalen, definitely one more year. Yep. Um, he's never intended to be a four-year player in, in college. One reason he went to the U is because he was confident he could start right away. Three years and out is, is his plan, and that's fair. I mean, he's an NFL player uh, oh, already. Totally. I think. I think if he were allowed to leave this year, he'd probably get drafted in the third round. So there's. Um, you know, he's he's an excellent, excellent player. You could expect him to depart early after next year. What I love about his performance is, I keep wondering, well, what would happen? What would Kyle Winningham be able to do with a top, a defense loaded with top 100 prospects? Hmm. Right, if he could recruit like USC or Alabama or Washington, how good would that defense be? And Jalen Johnson is the first player like that on. Ham coach defense, and uh, except in the front, 
the front line. We've got a couple of tackles. And stuff. But um, he's, he's absolutely every bit as extraordinarily good, exactly where he needs to be, perfectly coached, the most athletic player on the field. It, it's exactly what you would expect. And it's, it's exciting to me because I think as, as Utah's recruiting continues to uptick, the defense is just going to get better. Yeah, no, I mean it it's amazing. No, he's he's a great corner and I'm so glad we at least get him for one more year. Um so speaking of that, you know, one thing Colorado has proven it can do is throw the ball even though they've been having some injuries as of late in the wide receiver court. So that secondary is going to come up big uh, this coming coming Saturday, goodness, I just blanked on what day of the week it was. But um, so, but what, Joseph? I'm always curious. What what's your model saying about this Colorado game? My model is so unconcerned about this game; it makes me uncomfortable. I think it's a 93 percent chance to win this game, uh, which typically correlates in a conference game to like a 17 to 20 point win. Um, and I take four points off of that for not having um, not having Tyler Huntley under center still. Um, but that's a those are those are really really good odds. It's basically a lock. I've actually got Utah favored. The most likely outcome of next week is Utah wins the Pac-12 South. Utah is so likely to beat Colorado, and Oregon so likely to beat ASU. Um, that which I give them a let's see a sixty three percent chance that between those two things that's the most like fifty eight percent chance Utah clinches the Pac twelve stuff um, on Saturday which would be really fun huh oh the celebrations would be fantastic I mean honestly this is the first time I can consciously remember thinking you know what that eight eight o'clock game that's not the team I cheer for I'm actually going to stay up and watch it. I told, uh, yeah. I like, I yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah. It's pretty I've important. Coworkers. Um, and you saw, we saw Oregon is a good team. They've got a good defense. Um, they've got the best quarterback in the, in the country. And by, you know, for my money, best quarterback in the country, they've got a really good wide receiver. Uh, I'm anticipating a pretty high scoring game. Um, but Arizona state on the road, um, I think Oregon's got a really, really good shot at, at uh, knocking them off their pedestal and letting the youths take this win. And and in terms of Huntley, Shelley, Drew Risk, Chase Hansen, Utah should beat Colorado with a, with a cardboard cutout at quarterback. Um, Colorado is not going to be able to score. They've got one good offensive player. Um, and I don't think Utah is going to score a ton of points, but I think that they're going to win by a really comfortable margin. And, um, that it's not going to be high stress game. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of funny because I remember at one point this season Colorado was ranked like they got in the top twenty five off of their yeah they were five wins. and zero and they are they are they were five and zero they're currently five and five and they haven't won a game since then and it gives me no small amount of satisfaction when my model continues to say this team isn't good. This team isn't good. This team isn't good. And everybody's like, oh, they're 5-0. I mean, how bad can they be? You don't get the 5-0 by accident. And then lost, 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 lost. It, it, it feels kind of good when my model is right. Like, my model's been right about Cal 
everybody told me I was crazy that Cal was picked for eight wins, but here they are, seven and three, right? Yeah, yeah. No, Cal's had a decent season too. I mean, the Pac-12 is going to get. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll beat Stanford, but I do think they'll beat Colorado and, and wind up with an eight-win season, which is good for them. Weirdly, on the backs of an excellent defense, one of the best defenses in the conference, and a terrible offense. They look like uh, they look like Utah four years ago. Yeah, I, you know what annoys me though is how the Pac-12 can have all this parity and all this competition, and they're playing each other, playing the conference nine times yet. Any any sign of parity in the Pac-12 is a weakness. Yet elsewhere, it means nothing. But I know for yeah, I mean it's just, it's just so obvious that people have have already decided how they feel, and they will look at the evidence and interpret it in such a way so that they are right. And they have decided that the SEC is great and the Pac-12 is bad, and that's all there is to it, um, and nothing else matters. And what's fun for me is that I don't. Here, I don't. I don't feel like the BCS or the college football playoff legitimacy to be worth worrying about. And so all I really care about is win the conference, go to the Rose Bowl, win the Rose Bowl, and anything that happens on top of that is gravy. And all I care about is how are these twelve teams playing. I don't really think about what the national perspective is. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and you have absolutely no control over it. And um, it's been really fun for me when used to the Mountain West and I would spend every week being like, oh, well, these guys are ahead of them in the rankings, but they play these three undefeated teams, so they might lose this one. And I just don't do that anymore. I just watch the youths, and I maybe watch the game uh, that the team, the youths are playing next week, and then I watch whatever looks like fun, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State, whatever. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's been a real relief to stop worrying about what the world thinks because the Pac-12 doesn't care if you're if you're a five and seven Pac-12 champion or a ten and two Pac-12 champion, you're going to the Rose Bowl. Well, either way, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I care a little bit, and ultimately, well, it's because it's, yeah, I want the youth like, to have like a you shot. You watch the the SEC, the SEC scheduling BS where they're all playing Citadel and, and junk this week. Uh, although, in their defense, Utah's game next week isn't much better than Citadel. So, so we're, we we have our own late season cupcake to to get warmed up. I told you, I'm ready to go, man. Warmed up for the uh, for for the for the championship game. So uh, it'd be nice, you know, rest most of our starters in the second quarter and do that. <laughs> Well, you, I, next week you are going to be a man on a mission. Uh, <laughs> bulletin board pr- material given out here for free. Uh, but nonetheless, like the reason I care is I want the youths. To, I don't want to ever say that Utah, it, it doesn't matter because they're in the Pac-12. They don't have a shot at getting in the playoff. They sh- I want them to have a shot. And ultimately, I need the Pac-12 to do better in bowl games this year. Then, if all of a yeah. sudden we eliminate everyone in their in, in the Pac-12 wins their bowl right. games, and I, and I it's good parity yeah. versus lo- only one win last year in bowl games, which was Utah. And yeah. you're uh, you're so. spot on. It's it's the bowl games that that matter, and that frustrates me because it shouldn't. It's it's a half a dozen games against random teams with a lot of little information. Players sit out. People are injured. It, it, we draw way too much from bowl records. 
but that's what the national media does. So you want them to go out there and beat some middle-of-the-road SEC and Big Ten teams so that the, the national perspective is Pac-12 is the you know, second or third best conference. And that way, when everybody goes 10-2, and um, you're still following as a playoff contender. Exactly. Well, anything else you'd like to add to this conversation there, Joseph? No. You want to make some picks? Well, I guess we can do that. Go ahead. I already thought you pretty much made your pick. They're going to win like... I mean, I did, but I want to, I want to put a number on it. I am going to say... I'm going to say 21-6, to Newt's win. 21-6. to six. All right. I will go 34-17. to 17. I think there's going to be a little bit more offense than you're expecting. But I'm I'm looking at that weather report. The high is 30, the low is 21. Um, there might be some wind and snow, and expecting kind of a low-scoring game. But uh, it's certainly possible. Well, I guess I out. I wasn't considering weather. I I did not adjust no, my score don't. for weather. But I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. I'm just gonna stick with the 34-17. No, do it. Yeah, Whatever. It. It's a win. A win's a win. Well. Uh, we look forward to talking to everyone next week when it's uh, the rivalry week. I guess that no one's. I really... guess. Well, I guess we've had like three rivalry weeks already, so this one kind of feels. You know what's interesting is it's just the fact that it, at least it to me, to the Utah fans I talk to, and my timeline on Twitter and stuff, like everyone's talking about the Colorado game and wanting Oregon to win against ASU. There's no talk about BYU that I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of it. It's all about the Colorado game. Like, I think we've all finally caught on to the mantra of our coaching staff, which is one week at a time. Shelly said, Shelly said in the post game, we have one game left. Yeah. I loved that. That was, that was my favorite thing that has been said by, by any player in a while was, and that's how I feel too. I mean, you know, obviously the next week rolls around, I'm going to want the youths to win that game a lot. But, uh, it's it's it really crystallizes just how different the stakes are. It's true. Point. All right. Well, with that, I'll leave you guys with the Go Utes. Go Utes. Thanks for listening to Utah. Brought to you by the Torn by Sports and Blog Talk Radio Networks. Find us on Twitter at Utah Podcast or email at utah at gmail.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.